welcome to Accessible Astrology. I am your host, psychotherapist, and astrologer, Eugenia Crock. In this podcast, I allow astrology to become accessible, to take astrology out of only the head and place it softly into our hearts. Astrology is nature. As the sun rises, so do we. When it is dark and cold outside, we hibernate. And in the middle of the night, with the moon full above, we howl. The ancients understood that the earth and that we as individuals are part of a great ecosystem of outer and inner space, both reflecting one another. However, when we truly understand astrology, we can use it in many harmful ways. With this knowledge, we have the power to hurt others and mostly ourselves. Here, we will learn the ethics of being an integral astrologer. We will learn how to use this information to benefit and heal from, not to live in fear of. And while astrology gives us the keys to the universe, our life is ultimately ours. We determine the fate of our destiny by choosing love, by choosing gratitude, by choosing honesty, by choosing faith. No matter the challenges or the rewards, the perspective of our lives is ours alone. The ancients who developed astrology looked above to guide their world and their earthly creations. In this podcast, I guide your eyes off of your chart into the heavens above and then deep into your own knowing. To explore your chart with me and to join the community, visit AccessibleAstrology.com. Let's learn astrology. Let's converse. But always, let's remember to breathe. And today, we're going to start this episode with a quick visualization, with a quick experience, with an opportunity to really deeply sink into and fully integrate the astrology of September 2019. So for the beginning of this episode... If you can find a restful spot, a place of peace to really sink into the vibration, the the vibe, the feeling, the energy of this month, let's do that together. All right. And with a few deep breaths... I want you to feel into your breath. Feel into your heart and your body. And I want you to picture the end of the day. That moment at the end of the day where you have broken down the day Maybe you brushed your teeth, washed your face, took a shower. Maybe you were so tired you didn't do any of that, so you just fell into bed. Whatever brought you to this point where you're finally lying in bed, hopefully on your favorite pillow, feel into that moment. That moment that you lie there and think about the day you had. Maybe you think a little bit about the day you will have tomorrow and the following. Think about those thoughts that run through your head. Now start to feel yourself drift off. And that dance of the conscious world 
and the unconscious world meet. Maybe your body starts to kick as your nerves settle down, your organs settle down, your body gets settled to repair. This dance of the conscious world and the unconscious world, this is Pisces. This is Neptune. This is the topic of today's podcast. I want you to also start to visualize not just the end of the day, but the end of an experience Maybe you've left a job or lost a job. And that feeling of when you decide to finally leave. And that dance between what you're familiar with at that job and jumping into the unknown. That dance of the conscious and the unconscious. The real and the imagined. I want you to also picture the end of a relationship At one point in your life, you have transitioned out of a relationship. Perhaps it was by choice. Perhaps it was forced. Perhaps God intervened and someone passed. And that experience of transitioning from deep love and connection and letting go of that, to open yourself up to the unknown, the dance of the real and the imagined, the conscious and unconscious. I want you to think about the very end of the year. You could even look at it from the Roman calendar being December 31st, or you could look at at it as the natural calendar at the spring equinox. Either way, when we come to the end of the year, let's say in December, we close up our finances, we break down the year, we gift the presents, and we sit and set intention for the year to come. We set goals, the imagined and the real, the dance between the two. The season of Pisces marks this energy at the end of the natural year, mid-February to mid-March. This is the end of the cycle of the earth around the sun. This is the completion of the plant cycle. This is when the plants have decomposed and settled back into the earth, seeds, nestled all winter, wanting to emerge in the spring. What that flower looks like, we do not know. The imagined and the real. The conscious and the unconscious, this is Pisces. And getting really, really clear inside of yourself about the energy of Pisces is very potent Right now, this month, really for the entire time Neptune will be in Pisces, really feeling into the space of Pisces can help us dance in the space between. Oftentimes, the space between is seen as grief. Perhaps your children have grown and are leaving the home off to college. Perhaps there's a big shift in where you live and you're leaving the place you were connected to and grounded to. And now you're shifting out of that space into the new. And you're grieving the loss of your home. We humans will lose something with every breath we take. 
We lose something at the end of every day when we lay our head down on that pillow. We transition out of the form of that day. Did we accomplish all we wanted to? Did we become who we were? And we dream about who we can become. But in the middle, there's the grief of maybe I didn't do everything I needed to do today. In fact, last night I had one of those nights. (laughs) As I lay my head on my pillow last night, I thought, oh man, I blew today. (laughs) I had plans and ambitions and I didn't do them. I didn't follow through. Life got in the way. Something unexpected, something distracted me. And so I felt a lot of grief last night because I didn't get done what I had hoped to, what I had expected to. And I would imagine there's many of us who will get to our last breath and ask that same question. Did I accomplish all I came here to accomplish? Did I even know what that was? Did I live authentically? Did I live my life for other people's ideas or for my own? These questions, this process of grief and letting go and transitioning is such a powerful process in the human experience. There's a movie called Grief Walker. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it, but... The, the narrator or the, the topic of the documentary, I can't think of his name at the moment, but he says, grief is a skill we learn because as we continue to grow and as we get older and as we take more breaths and lose more breaths, we will encounter loss more. As young children, of course, we we go through this as well, but we make a lot of new connections in childhood. Nevertheless, we continue to lose even as children. And how can we be in grace with loss? The reason I'm talking about this today is because, not just from my own experience, but certainly the experience of clients and friends, neighbors and acquaintances around me, I have seen an incredible shift in the month of September. A lot of people transitioning out of one form in the hopes of developing and growing into a new one. Now, astrology cannot be general. It cannot be that everybody had this experience in September, but enough of us have that I feel there is a really potent potential to speak about this in today's episode, to talk about the magic and the mystery and the confusion and the chaos of September. As an astrologer who looks at charts for people for the month to come, I do a monthly outlook for the members of my community as well, and I never get it right. You know, you can look into these transits to come and you can try to (laughs) predict them, but you can't. I recognize that the full moon in Pisces was going to be very big in the month of September, but how? I couldn't have known. And so I think astrology, in the case of my life, is always more potent in reflection. I enjoy looking at astrology backwards more so than forwards because I try, I've tried to really figure out what's going to (laughs) happen and I'm always wrong. I never know exactly what it is, but I do enjoy using this tool to go back and reflect on our life's experience so that we can sink into it more so that we can really sink into the feeling state of our life to bring context to what we might be going through or what we've been through. And so I'm going to talk about that reflection of the month of September. And again, for some of you, it might've been a great month, super easy, chill for you. Wonderful. You'll have a bumpy month (laughs) at some point because that's how it works. And of course, every single individual is born with their unique chart and 
that is why every individual is so unique because the sky cannot be repeated. Stars and planets and um, asteroids and all the things out there constantly moving and changing in chaos. And so as we come in to the world, we look at the reflection of the sky from the moment of our first breath to see what was the consciousness, what was the consciousness of society the moment you were born? What was the consciousness of the the planet? You know, was it uh, summer or spring? And we want to look into, was it, you know, night and was it day when you were born? What was that moment of consciousness? And that's different for everyone. And therefore, everyone is going to experience today's consciousness differently. But for those of you who went through a massive let go, a massive release, a massive shift and transformation for the month of September, this episode is for you. So stay tuned. So before we get into the details of the actual astrology from September of 2019, which is part of a bigger astrology, okay, it's part of a bigger pattern in the sky that started all the way back in the summer of 2009. So before we do that, I want us to just really quickly now sink into the sign of Sagittarius because this is a big piece, a complementary piece to the astrology of this month. So if we can settle back into a still space to really feel into, once again, a different kind of energy. That energy kind of at the at that moment in the day, if we want to talk about it, in the work day, the moment where we really aligned to our purpose. Maybe, you know, we had some morning meetings and we were running around and had appointments, but that moment in the day when you, you're, we're really clear about who it is we are. Hello, I am Eugenia Crock and I am an astrologer and I've read a chart today and I've recorded a podcast today and this is what I'm here to do. This is the point. This is the mission of my life. That energy of knowing the truth, the purpose of our path. This is the time of year in America, at least, where we, we are awakened to the energy of Sagittarius with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. This is that, that moment when all the big floats and all the big things come out on the, you know, on the parade in, in Manhattan, and it all is followed up by Santa Claus, he who gifts the world with his joy and his jolly abundance. The season of Sagittarius, while dark in the winter, is joyous because there's so many lights. Christmas lights is the energy of Sagittarius. The energy of finding the glimmer of truth in the darkest moment. The, the, the energy of going through something so remarkable, so challenging, so bewildering. But in that moment when you hear and you feel, ah, this is why this is happening. Ah, this is what I'm to learn. This is the energy of Sagittarius. In 2019, we have this incredible situation where the ruling planet of all these signs is dancing in its ruling sign. For example, the planet Jupiter rules Sagittarius has been in the sign of Sagittarius for all of 2019. Saturn, who rules Capricorn, has been in the sign of Capricorn for 2019. And Neptune, who rules uh, Pisces, has been in the rulership of all of 2019. But I want to focus on Sagittarius and Neptune Pisces and, and um, oh, I should have said Sagittarius and Pisces, Neptune and Jupiter. Again, Sagittarius, that moment, that glimmer of truth, Pisces letting it go. In the end, we all take one last breath and hopefully 
before that, we have found the truth and the purpose of our lives. Now, the planets that rule these two signs are embodiments of this energy. If you live here in Colorado and you go out just as the sun sets, there is one bright, 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 what looks like a star or a planet that comes out first right now in the sky. And it's Jupiter. And for someone like myself who watches and gazes at the sky every night, if she can, especially if she gets to see it from a really clear sky, I am profoundly moved by the, the uh, level of attraction Jupiter brings to my eye. What a bright, big planet. The first big uh, energy you see in the sky the moment that sun goes down, that is Jupiter, the planet. And that is why he represents Sagittarius. As the sun goes down and it starts going dark right now in Colorado and Jupiter high above me, it's all I see, right? That bright energy in the dark, in the night. We can think of Jupiter as Santa Claus. That's another great way to think about Jupiter. Big and fat and jolly. And I'm not saying Sagittarians are big or fat because they really tend to not be. <laughs> They're probably the most fit individuals in the Zodiac. However, their energy, the energy of Jupiter, the energy of Sagittarius is is wanting a lot, you know, wanting to give a lot and wanting to take a lot. It's overindulgence. It can oftentimes be overcommitment. Well, I really, really want to do this, but I also really want to do that. And I want to do that. And I want to do that, right? It's that time of Christmas parties, right? So that season around Thanksgiving, in fact, Thanksgiving is a great way to think about it. I know that oftentimes Thanksgiving, we get invites from lots of different places. Christmas tends to be different because it's a more family oriented holiday, but Thanksgiving tends to be our chosen family. Uh, not always, but oftentimes, and we have friends and people over and we celebrate and enjoy and which, which one do you, do you go to? Which dinner do you go to? Uh, and how much food can you eat, right? How much can you, how much can you pack into life? That is Jupiter. So let's think about his archetype. Let's think of him as a person right now. Let's really feel into the, the God Jupiter, right? He's also known as Zeus in Greek mythology and God in Christian mythology. That man who sits on top of Mount Olympus in the clouds and looks down on us mere mortals has all of the food he could ever want, all the women he could ever want. He sees only abundance. Very, very different than Neptune, who we're going to get into. And so he wants to make everything bigger. If it's one beautiful woman, I want 12. If it's, you know, this amazing job, I want that other one as well. I want to live everywhere in the world and I want to do everything under the sun. And perhaps you've noticed that energy inside of yourself this year with Jupiter and Sagittarius because he's home here. He is making a big deal out of doing as much as possible. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but this is the energy of overcommitment. And this is an experience I have had over and over this year uh, as within myself, but also with others. Um, uh, I have overcommitted to things that I could do this and I can do that because I, I think time is unlimited because Capricorn and Saturn has not come in to tell Sagittarius that time is real. There are limits to what we can do on this planet. We will all die. This is the, this is what Capricorn and Saturn teaches us. Okay. But before we get to Capricorn and Saturn and we're at Sagittarius and we're full grown adults and we can make our way in the world, we want to do everything and we want to find the truth of everything. So I found myself over committing and being overjoyed by certain things, but also I have experienced being of uh, individuals over committing to me, you know, saying that they can show up for me in X, Y, and Z way and they don't. This is part of the grief. Okay. 
This is part of the square of Jupiter in Sagittarius squaring Neptune in Pisces. Grief coming from the experience of there being too many possibilities, too many potentials, too much to do. Now, as Jupiter moves into Capricorn here soon, <laughs> we'll recognize that time is limited and you, you've got to choose a path. Uh, one, a, a teacher of mine once said to me, the fastest way to the top of the mountain is to choose one path. If you keep choosing different paths and different directions, I want to try that and I want to try that and I want to try this and, you know, be with this person and be in that country and do this, it's harder to get to the point, right? So I think that the point will come, God willing, <laughs> once Jupiter shifts out of Sagittarius. But the energy of overcommitment. Now a square to Neptune. So let's talk about Neptune. Neptune rules Pisces. We can not call him the Grim Reaper so much, but this is this is kind of the priest at the side of your bed as you're taking that last breath. The person who holds the energy of the space between loss and new life. I oftentimes also think about Neptune as the drunk guy. Uh, I think I talked. I think I talked about this in an episode. Maybe it was for the community, but. There's a movie called Beach Bum with Matthew McConaughey, and he is the epitome of Neptune in this movie and probably square Jupiter. <laughs> um, he's very abundant. He has a lot of uh, opportunities in life, and he's very joyous, and everyone really adores him and loves him. But he's also, you know, getting drunk all day long and smoking and doing drugs and you know, walking around with his Jack Daniels and his big fat joints in his mouth. And that movie, Beach Bum, this is like the energy of this year in so many ways because of that. Well, I can get away with anything, right? If I, I can drink, I can smoke. It's so joyous. It's so abundant, right? Uh, but what happens is there's a dark side to that, right? And that is the consequence of lack of containment, Right? the lack of um, um, form. And that is a struggle at the end of the night when we go to bed is there's a grief, there's a letting go with Pisces. And then we slip into our dreams and we have to trust that God is good because our body shuts down and we are asleep and who knows what's going on around us, right? And containment is to fall asleep in a really safe bed and to, to fall asleep in a really safe home and a safe neighborhood to trust that we will, we will sleep through the night and wake up in the morning for another day. But when we jump into that dream and we don't leave it, we see challenge, right? We see difficulty. Neptune's the dreamer, the dreamer, the jolly old dreamer, right? And so this year we've seen that. We've seen that experience in our own lives and in the lives around us of the, the energy of overcommitting to the dream and letting go of what might be preventing us from pursuing said dream. Or maybe the dream is actually straight up unrealistic. And this has been the square the final square of Neptune and Jupiter, which occurred on the 21st of September. And this is the final square of a cycle of Neptune and Jupiter. And when these two fellas hang out in the sky, and I should also say Neptune is also Poseidon in Greek mythology, the, the king of the ocean, the ocean god. And the ocean and the clouds are very, very different experience, but this is very much if you're just floating in the middle of the ocean with no land anywhere in, in sight, no humans, no animals, nothing around you except for unknown below you and unknown above you, floating there, looking into the heavens above. That's the energy of Neptune, right, is to get lost in the sea of possibility. 
And this this dance of these two characters is one that is always happening. But the dance gets particularly magnified at a square, an opposition, or a conjunction. A lot of people get really confused about those elements. And the best way, I think, for people to think about it is just think about a traffic light. Okay. Think about, I was uh, just driving through Denver to get here to the studio and uh, there was a lot of traffic and there was a car ahead of me who tried to make it through the yellow light, but was stuck dead in the middle of the traffic. And so the the cars going the, the other way at the square to that car were trying to go through, but, but they couldn't, <laughs> but they were also in opposition to each other, those cars trying to go through. And that tension of sitting at that traffic light is it stops the flow of things, right? Whereas if you're just driving along on the highway, things are just moving along, but then you get to the traffic light and you are in a conjunction to the car next to you. You're in a square to the the cars that are crossing in front of you and you're in an opposition to the car um, on the other side of you. And so when when we dance with each other and we all get caught up in traffic lights, the tension builds, right? And, you know, I was trying to eat some food <laughs> and I think someone was looking at me like a crazy person. Um, and because you're, you're, you, and you, you're being looked at, no one was looking at me while I was eating and driving, right? Cause they were all driving and I, I know I shouldn't have eaten and driven, but whatever. Um, and so you can feel that. And so when, when Neptune and Jupiter dance, it's wonderful, right? It's this big, joyous, jolly, spiritual experience. But when they square, it gets a bit more in your face. M- one must look at the topic of delusion and abundance, right? And, and delusion and abundance and dance with each other, right? The abundance of delusion, <laughs> we can call it. And so this is the final square of the year, the final square of the cycle that started in the summer of 2009. So I'm going to give you all a few dates. Maybe you want to write them down. You can even get really specific with dates. I'm not going to be doing that on the podcast, but I'll give you the the, the time period and you can uh, look into those, those dates more specifically for yourself. But I want you to think about the summer of 2009, what was unfolding for you then what was uh shifting in your world uh you know feel into that for the uh, extra video for the community this month the bonus video i'm actually going to go through the, the 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 dance of neptune and jupiter by house so you can kind of you know for for example i am a gemini rising uh jupiter is in my 7th house right now neptune is in my 10th house right now now obviously i can't get into the very specific details unless uh you are a client that i'm working with or i do the monthly outlook for you but we can look at you know maybe for me the 7th house is all about relationships the 10th house is all about work maybe i'm coming to terms with some delusions and illusions i had around relationships and work for example. And so we can look into, I'm going to look into that for the bonus episode for each of you, um, depending on your rising sign, Aries all the way through Pisces. So you can get more of a understanding of how this is showing up in your physical world, right? And to, you know, really sink into being at grace with God for whatever might have been released or whatever is shifting and being let go of for you right now. Uh, for some people, it hasn't been nearly as um, potent. I think that when these squares, these big squares happen in the the four, you know, kind of quadrant houses that are so important, the, the first, the fourth, the seventh, and the tenth, this is going to affect our worlds much more because those are the, the pinnacle of the chart and the houses between are kind of the in-between energy of that, right? Um, so I'm going to go through that with with those of you um, who do support my work at patreon.com slash accessible astrology. Um, uh, but yeah, so I want you all to look into first the conjunction, which first occurred in the summer of 2009. I want you to really feel into where you were at, you know, where you were at emotionally, mentally, physically, uh, you know, what was kind of brewing for you and, and around you and what were you starting to Maybe something, maybe something new began. Maybe some, uh, some seed was set. And typically that's what we see at the conjunction of two planets. 
And so for the Neptune-Jupiter square, we had, excuse me, the um, Neptune-Jupiter conjunction, we had this in the sign of Aquarius. And so think about yourself as what you might have in Aquarius. I know for me, I am an Aquarius. And so this, uh, this happened pretty much on my son, this conjunction. And I know for me, 2009 was huge. That's when I decided to not decided to, but that's when I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico to, uh, begin my studies, uh, for mental health, for art therapy and counseling. And that's actually just shortly after that is when I was awoken to the topic of astrology. Uh, so a lot to do with purpose. I know for me, this square has really shown me, you know, in 2019, where have my illusions and delusions been and how has that interfered in the purpose of this cycle, this, this, the purpose of, uh, what was set at the seed in 2009. Uh, I thought I would be a counselor and, and ultimately became an astrologer and what has really stopped me from blossoming maybe in the way I could, that's what the square is showing us now. Uh, then the next phase of this, so the seed was set in the summer of 2009 and then the, the next, uh, phase of any cycle will then be of course that square, right? So that's the other side of the traffic light. We can look at it that way. Um, and so if we're thinking about where were we in the summer of 2012, okay? So the summer of 2012 was the next, was, was the first square, okay? The first square where Neptune had now officially moved into Pisces. And that was the beginning of, not the beginning, it started in 2011, retrograded out, moved back in, but Neptune in Pisces would take over uh, a big part of the consciousness of the world because he came in and he's just closed or not closed, but he's cloaked us in a film of confusion and delusion. Uh, nobody really knows what's true right now. We don't know what's true in our political world. We don't know if the scientists are true. We don't know. Um, th there's battles uh, from anything from borders to the environment to vaccines and so on. And who do we believe? Who do we trust? Do we trust the, the, the main media outlets? Do we choose alternative media outlets. This is Neptune and Pisces. And this is when things started getting really fucking confusing. And wherever Pisces is in your chart is probably where you started to lose clarity, right? Is where you probably started to come into this deep spiritual experience. But then there was this like, it's a, it's, it's hard to grab that thing. So for example, I have Neptune in Pisces in my 10th house, which is the house of career and work. And ever since Neptune moved into that, I'm definitely an astrologer and my career has grown as an astrologer, but there's so many opportunities that have slipped through my hands, um, because of delusions and, and illusions that, uh, were part of what I'm now seeing with Jupiter in the seventh house around relationships. Right. And so what opportunities have slipped through our hands, um, uh, during this time, but also what is the really beautiful spiritual uh, um, energy that we've learned with Neptune and Pisces, right? And so the very first square was, you know, just as Neptune had moved into Pisces, Jupiter was then in the sign of Gemini, okay? And so that was the first quarter. So that was the first square of the, 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 the traffic light, right? The, the other car on the side of the traffic light. And so that tension was built again in the, this was around the winter. So this was winter 2012. Um, I could be more specific, but I don't think I'm going to, I, oh, I shouldn't have said winter. Why did I say that? The original square was occurring sorry, in this, the summer of 2012, I have all these notes in front of me, but Neptune and Jupiter are fucking with me. <laughs> so it really started around the summer of 2012. So just think about that time period. And again, really feel into these, this part of your chart and what was kind of unfolding at that square. Then the opposition came in the fall of 2015. So what started to shift then in the fall of 2015 really feeling into that and looking into that uh, and and really trying to see what was illuminated for you at this time. Again, for me, this was in the, the sign uh, or the house of Neptune is in the house of my 10th career. So a lot of this has to do with my career. 
as an individual and these dates have really been moments of major turning points in my personal career. This was when I decided to fully commit to being a full-time professional astrologer. So I'm coming up on my four years of doing this full-time for a living. Um, and so we come to today, we come to the year 2019, but specifically to the last square, which happened on that tw- on the 21st. And we really want to feel into that final square before the closing conjunction, right? So that final square um, is really showing us something that's getting broken down. And this is the release of that that happened this month. Okay. We had the full moon in Pisces illuminating this. And I'm going to get into that with a little bit more detail, but this final square in September of 2019 was the last kind of act to start to release any kind of debris we picked up since 2009 that has possibly gotten in the way of truth, that has possibly gotten in the way of clarity, which has possibly gotten in the way of uh, form. So this summer we all really saw, holy shit, this thing is an illusion. This thing is a delusion. Maybe you have Pisces in your second house and you're waking up to the fact that, holy shit, I have a total delusions around money, right? I don't, I haven't, you know, formed, you know, a clear sense around money, or maybe you have Pisces in your fourth house and it is about, wow, things at home are really not right. Like there has been way too much confusion happening at home and way too much, um, lack of boundaries, right? And Jupiter at the square has illuminated that and he has made this bigger this month. He has absolutely made that reality come come into clear focus for us. And the full moon that occurred on, oh yeah, it was Friday the 13th, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Friday the 13th, we had the full moon, which I think is just like so poetic and amazing, but we had the full moon in, in Pisces. And what was so interesting about this full moon, as we get into this element of the month of September is that what was so, again, so compelling and so interesting about that full moon was that we had just had a conjunction of Mars and Venus in just before in opposition to this in Virgo. So I'm going to bring us back to the the actual full moon. And so that full moon where that took place um and I'm well I'm actually looking in Mykonos, Greece as if I were there right now. <laughs> Um, so if you're in Mykonos, uh, on the full moon that happened, uh, I think it was at, what was it? 21 degrees or something like that. Yeah. So it was around 20, 21 degrees. So depending on where you were and what's again, interesting about the full moon is this not only illuminated the delusions we've had with Neptune and Pisces, and illuminated it, right? Brought that full moon content to it, but it also illuminated that square to Jupiter. I actually um, was really, really lucky on the full moon. Um, I have found myself back in Colorado. I have Virgo in my fourth house. And so, you know, this new conjunction of Mars and Venus happened in my fourth house saying, okay, new home, like a new, new energy with home. And so I was really lucky to be with my community uh, at the cemetery on Friday the 13th. And as a group, we watched the the full moon rise and it was really magical. But what was so magical about it was seeing Jupiter first, right? Seeing that huge Jupiter and then the moon really hit Jupiter, you know, from, from the energy of the reflection of the sun. And so that illumination of the square happened at that moment. But then also Mars and Venus were now separating their dance and in Virgo and saying, it's time to get your shit together. It's time. I'm going to show you some truths and some realities about your situation. 
right, about the seed that was set in 2009 and what has happened in your world to prevent you or um, what illusions or delusions do you need to really face right now to, to be aware of uh, your path, right? And so this had a lot to do with relationships in particular because Venus represents relationships, Mars represents relationships, and Mercury was there as well, so kind of communicating that on the full moon. The gods above were dancing for us and speaking to us and saying, what relationships in your world are keeping you in a sense or a state or a place of delusion, a place of fantasy? What is preventing you from getting the fuck on with it, right? What needs to be let go? Who is no longer serving? Who's getting in the way, right? And this is not to even put anyone down because everyone is inherently valuable and everyone is beautiful. But sometimes relationships can be rooted in love. And love is a drug. (laughs) And love is delusional at times because love is is God. It's big. It's big, big, big emotion. But love and business are separate, right? And, um, you know, oftentimes you hear that just be, you know, love sometimes isn't enough, right? And so I say this because many, many people I am very close with have separated, uh, from their relationships since this full moon or shifted the nature of their relationships. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many people I've been engaged in this conversation with since the full moon. And something has been awoken in a lot of people about, wow, this person is is getting in my way, actually. doesn't doesn't mean I don't love them deeply with every fiber of my soul. But I need to complete the cycle that was set in 2009, right? And so this this month, because of the dance of all of these planets and all of these elements, has been one of letting go, the space between, the visualization at the beginning of the podcast, right? Grief. Letting go of the illusion of perhaps a person or a place or a thing, a relationship. It could even be the type of relationship that we have with someone. So maybe we're still in a relationship with someone, but the way we function with those people has shifted, right? I don't, I'm setting a new boundary up here. I need to follow my purpose. I need to follow my path. And this beautiful fantasy is just that. I need to step up and become responsible for myself and my actions. For me, I had an incredibly profound insight on the full moon. And this was particularly big for me because I have Mars and Venus and Vesta and Isis. I'm in heaven in Pisces in my 10th house and squaring Jupiter. I have Jupiter in uh, conjunct Uranus and Neptune (laughs) in my seventh house. Uh, So I learned a lot about my relationship style and my relationship attachment. I, I came to learn about the term love addiction and it hit me in the face and was like, holy shit, this is totally my addiction, right? falling in love with the fantasy of someone as opposed to the reality, right? And so I read the book in like a day because it was so like crazy to to find, you know, you know when you find those things that you're like, wow, this is like really speaking truths to me. Like this is exactly what I needed to hear at the exact right time. This is exactly right. And 
it got me, of course, not only thinking about relationships, which this full moon certainly forced me to do, but also about addiction. And I really meditated on addiction because the the book talks about that uh, kind of being addicted to fantasy, which is pretty indicative of my chart. And I realized, I think what happens, I don't know if addiction is so much about trying to avoid pain, uh, which is something we talk a lot about with addiction. And by the way, I bring this up because maybe a lot of you are, are facing your addictions right now because of that full moon. You know, wherever Neptune is in your chart, wherever Pisces is in your chart, you are being faced with your addictive nature. So maybe in your first house, you might have Pisces, which means you have a, 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 you identify with some kind of addiction. In the second house, it might be addiction to spending money. In the third house, it might be some form of addiction to your social media accounts and getting pings on your um, notifications. In the fourth, you might be surrounded by addicts at the home and so on and so forth, right? So, so I'm going to talk about this for the individuals of the community. But uh, what I start to really think about when I was meditating on this, like, wow, I am addicted to love. Holy shit. Why is that? And it, it goes into why and my attachment style and kind of my childhood, uh, which we don't get into today. But I realized when I find myself trying to come out of the present moment via um, love or um, weed or a glass of wine or whatever it might be. Uh, for some people, it can be worse than that. Uh, TV addiction, there's food addiction, there's lots of places we go to zone out from reality. I realized it's not to avoid pain. I think it's to avoid responsibility. And that is taking responsibility for one's own life. Nobody is going to fix you. Harsh truth. <laughs> truth with a capital fucking T. This is, this is what Jupiter is showing us, right? With the square. Hard truth. No one's going to fix you. No one's going to wake you up in the morning and put you in the bathtub and clothe you and feed you as an adult right? No one is going to hold you responsible for getting your oil changed in your car or hold you accountable for paying your bills on time or hold you, you know, and say, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I have all of these things covered. And oftentimes sometimes we might even relegate or we might delegate some of those tasks to another individual and that individual might cheat us out of money or something of that nature. I need you to pay that bill. And then they don't, right? Because we put, you know, we gave our responsibility to someone else, which I don't think is a bad idea to, to delegate tasks out to people. But the simple act of waking up, uh, drinking some water, you know, exercising, doing deep breath work, finding a state of peace every morning, you know, keeping good hygiene, right? Keeping, keeping our, our physical appearance uh, sweet and, and nice, however that might look, that's all on us. And I think a lot of us from now what I've been reading about this, I think a lot of us are waiting for someone to do that for us. Please, I'm going to marry you. Please fix my financial world. Oh, I need you as a business partner. Please fix all of the troubles in my business. Right. I need you, um, uh, please fix my um, deep uh, attachment problems, right? We we reach out to and we look for with addiction, especially love addiction, we look for others to save us. We look for others to take care of us because we were children once and that did happen. <laughs> Someone did clean up our shit, right? And our piss and our throw up, right? Someone did make our bed. Someone did keep the floors clean. You know, someone did you know, God willing, keep a roof over our head and, and food in our belly. But as an adult, as adults, that's up to us. So are we depending on other people? Are we depending on our parents still, right? Are we, you know, you know, stepping into some addiction to avoid the responsibility of our lives and saying, oh, mom and dad, you can cover the expenses for me, right? 
and I'm just going to zone out into TV and Netflix or whatever, or again, partner or child or whomever it is or whatever it is. This to me, this illumination in general terms for everyone is about taking responsibility for our own individual lives. It's like Jordan Peterson says, clean up your fucking room. And if every individual started to clean their own room, started to put their own finances in order, become financially empowered within themselves, if every individual chose the path of um, what they knew they were meant to do in this world with the work that they're supposed to do, all of the pieces could fall together much easier as a humanity. It starts with us. Believe it or not, cleaning our teeth is the act of servitude for humanity. If we are clean and we are healthy and we are responsible for our bodies and our actions, imagine what the world could look like. So I think this is a pretty long podcast. I honestly don't even know when I started recording it. Uh, Maybe it isn't that long. Maybe it's about an hour or so. But I had a lot to say, a lot to reflect and to share with all of you about this this month. Because for me personally, it was one of the most uh, powerful and impactful months I've had uh, because it showed me some, some real truths, some capital T's. Uh, you know, it broke my illusions. It broke my fantasies about thinking that anyone could take the responsibility of my life and, and, and save me. And turns out no one can, we can only save ourselves because like at the beginning of this podcast, it is ultimately our last breath that is ours. It is our consciousness that we run through at night before we go to sleep. Only we really know our own individual unique truth. Only we. And if you did lose something this month, if something changed, if you're in that space of grief and transformation, I'm with you. I feel you, I support you, I love you. The best thing to do with grief is to be in it. And I find that from that space of grief steps in the grandmothers, steps in the energy of holding space for transformation. Anytime I lose something, big or small to be honest, I sit in ceremony and I sit in the moment of that grief and, and feel into it. And God is good and goddess is good or whatever. And women often, the grandmother energy, women show up for me in the most profound ways. And I just want to give a shout out to my lady friends. And not to say that my the men in my life are less significant because they're not, they show up in exactly the ways they need to. And that's usually through tasks that I need help with. Um, they usually show up to say, I'm going to help you do this thing. But very often women very naturally hear the call of a broken heart and they come and they come to mend it and show up exactly when we need them to exactly how they need to. I'll never forget when my dog Rasa died, uh, a few years ago, it was very sad. I think, I actually think losing a pet is one of the greatest griefs that a human can have because the relationship with animals is, is so unique and so unusual and so specific and so, uh, unlike the relationship of a human, they are very dependent on us, but we're very dependent on them too. It's that interesting relationship. And so when I lost my dog, Rasa, I sat in ceremony for a week and women just showed up. I didn't have to call. I didn't have to reach out. They just came. 
when I was hungry, someone would, a woman would happen to show up with food. Uh, when I needed a laugh, some young women would show up and with a beer to joke around and have fun. Uh, when I really needed to cry, the right woman who could sit and, and be there with me while whilst crying showed up. And that is the beauty of grief. And when we go into grief, we go into ceremony and we call in the energy of the grandmothers. And that is so the North Node in Cancer right now, right? And I had a note to even bring in the Cancer Capricorn element into this episode, but I, I'm not going to do that so much. Uh, because there's a bigger cycle here um, that's part of this with Pluto and Capricorn. But the key is cancer right now, and that is the energy of the grandmothers. That's the grandmother wisdom of sitting in ceremony and holding the space for transformation. Because when something is lost or when we lose something and someone or some place, like that seed, like the decomposition, decomposition of the plant and the seed falls back into the earth. We know new life is coming. We know a new flower will bloom. We cannot know where it's going to pop up, how it's going to pop up or how it's going to look. We have no idea, but we can sit in that faith of the space between reality and imagination and hope that that flower smells really fucking good. <laughs> so I think I'm going to close up this episode for today. I know I haven't been on the podcast for a while. It's been impossible. There's too much change, been too much change and shifting in my life, a lot of moving and changes in relationships and so on and so forth. And so uh, I'm happy to say I'm a little bit more grounded now and I'm hoping I'll be able to get back on the microphone again and share my thoughts with all of you. Uh, so yeah, that's why I haven't been around. I hope this episode helps explain why. <laughs> and if you're an astrologer and you've seen my chart, you can only imagine. Uh, another thing I just want to mention is I have a really, really, really good opportunity coming up for 2020. This is something that I did with clients last year, um, a guide, an opportunity to guide you through the year of 2020. And this is something I can only offer to clients. So individuals that I have seen and met with and know their charts, and it's a limited offer that I'm going to be announcing in the next podcast. And so if you have been kind of interested in getting a reading with me or interested in you know, connecting and having me use my expertise <laughs> to help you look at your chart. I am so uh, ready and available to do that. I only have 25 sessions left for the rest of the year, which uh, I think those might go pretty quickly. I'll be sending out a newsletter soon too. So if you are wanting to be able to take advantage of the 2020 opportunity that I am going to offer to a few of my clients uh, and if you are really wanting to get a little guidance before, uh, especially before December 25th, 2020 or 2019, which is like a really, really monumental historical uh, eclipse, uh, please be sure to go to Accessible Astrology and book that reading now. And uh, yeah, and I, you know, I do have a testimonials page, but I just want to emphasize that I actually... At this point, since 2009, if anything has become clear to me at this square, this final square of Sagittarius and Neptune, uh, it is that I am a very good astrologer. And I, I know that because of the feedback I get. I know the profound effect that reading an astrology chart can have on an individual's life. And it is a total honor when I get to look at your chart and I am really giving you the opportunity to sink into who you are as opposed to who you think you should be. That's what I do. My dad referred to me as the liberator the other day. I help people be liberated from ideologies and programs and beliefs that have bogged us down from actually being who we really are. And when I look at an astrology chart, I can really decipher that and say, I don't know if this is going to actually be your path. You know, like I don't ultimately know, 
But from the feedback I've got from hundreds and thousands of clients at this point, it seems to me that God did give me a gift and I can't help it. It just lives in me and it runs through my bones. And so if you want the opportunity, uh, like I said, I'm only have 25 sessions left for the whole year. Uh, so do that, especially if you want to get in on that opportunity for the astrology of 2020, uh, chance, which I will be talking about on the next episode and announcing on social media and so on and so forth. So this has been an absolute pleasure. It has felt like a very Neptunian, Piscean, Sagittarian podcast. So that's exactly what I want it to, to be about and sound like. So that worked out. So I hope you all uh, have enjoyed this, ha- have found some uh, um, good uh, energy from it and ha- it has helped you. I hope more than anything, this, this episode has served you to know that like you're not alone. And, uh, and I know that also because everyone I've talked to pretty much has had a major change in the last month. So that is why I explained it in this podcast and, uh, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode and thank you community members for supporting my work at patreon.com slash accessible astrology. So much love to all of you. 